D-Links. Triple vaxxed 4.5 times more likely to test positive for Omicron than unvaxxed. That comes to you from Paul Joseph Watson from Global Research. What I want to do is I want to uh, I want to read the editor's note because the editor's note really summarizes the importance of this article and the importance of what's happening. So this uh, this editor's note comes from Michael uh, Chosovdovsky. I, I have to I have to practice that. He has such an unusual last name, but uh, Michael is one of the founders of Global Research, and he is an extraordinary researcher. So he's been around for a long time, and um, his points of view are very well respected by uh, a very powerful journalistic community, which is is part of Global Research. Global Research is probably one of the finest uh, sources of information out there, as far as I'm concerned. It's my number one go. It's it's my number one go as far as a website that's publishing uh, things that should matter to us. So this comes from Michael, quote, we should be uh, what should be understood is that according to statements by the WHO and the CDC, the PCR test used to detect and identify SARS-CoV-2 and its variants should be considered as invalid. Couldn't agree with you more. Even the, even. Even the creator, the, the person who created um, um, Carrie Mullis, Carrie Mullis, Nobel Prize winner for inventing the PCR, said, do not use my test. Do not use this method of PCR, polymer chain reaction. Do not use this as a, a diagnostic tool for uh, viral diseases. Anyway, I'll get back to what um, Michael's saying here. Omicron has not been identified. Testing positive for Omicron using PCR using the PCR test, which has been used since November 26th when Omicron was first announced, is an impossibility. The so-called estimates of test positive for Omicron for vaxxed indicate that vaccinated individuals are more likely to test PCR positive for two reasons. Let me back that up. That that vaccinated the so-called estimates of quote-unquote test positive for Omicron for vaxxed indicate that vaccinated individuals, people who have had these mRNA injections, are more likely to test PCR positive for two reasons. Number one, because their immune system has been affected by the vaccine. They are more likely to test PCR positive in comparison to the unvaxxed. Why? Because they already have material within their body that is is very much the same as the Omicron. And then number two, moreover, the vaccinated will seek medical care upon developing adverse events. Upon their admission to hospitals and clinics, they will be routinely subjected to taking the PCR test. And as a consequence, they'll, they'll be testing um, positive to what may seem to be Omicron. But remember that these variants are simply just the, the word itself says it's a variant. That doesn't mean that it's very different. 
it means that it is mildly different. So whether we're dealing with Delta, whether we're dealing with Omicron, we're dealing with viruses that have a genetic makeup that is um, practically identical. There may be, uh, uh, the variant may actually be less than 3%. So we're dealing, we're dealing with something that is going to go on. Because see, look, this idea that we're going to reach zero cases, that we're going to eradicate this virus. I have said it in the past and I'll say it again. There has been a concerted effort by the so-called health community, if you want to call it that, to, in in essence, kind of make the the, the normal seasonal flu as it has been throughout you know, throughout the history, as far as I know, it's not something you get rid of. It mutates, it comes back seasonally. And so the idea that you're going to reach zero is an impossibility. And if it is an impossibility, then what is the agenda? Then the agenda becomes a dragged out because remember that the seasonal flu, the vaccines for the seasonal flus, they wanted to make those mandatory as well, but we're not able to. Because you're not going to eradicate the virus. You're just going to simply create a a seasonal dependency upon vaccines or injections that do not eradicate, but rather um, give you the impression that you are doing something. Because I forget which state it was. It was one of the states in the United States, whether it was uh, Michigan or Illinois, it was in that area. I think there was a governor that that when looking at the statistics for the seasonal flu came to the conclusion that the only reason that the pharmaceutical companies wanted to push this mandatory uh, vaccination is to save uh, four or five days of sick leave. You know, uh, in other words, the only the only benefit to the people, the citizens, where this governor was making this decision was that, you know, on a yearly basis, you may have three to four days less sick time rather than have uh, a full immunity that's going to help you on a yearly basis. And and based on that, he decided to reject the idea of making them obligatory and mandatory. So what we're dealing with now is an opportunity for the big pharma, for global elites to create a narrative that says, we can take this virus, we can make it much like the seasonal flu, in that you will have to continuously have to have injections, you will have to continuously have to take tests, you will continue, and most importantly for the power elites and the global elites, you will have to continuously be in a state of emergency. And if a state of emergency translates into what? Dictatorship, because you can suspend constitutional rights based on the fact that there is some kind of perceived uh, narrated (laughs) emergency taking place. So what's happening now, it seems, you know, what was interesting? I was listening to something um, today. Dr. Robert Malone, who invented the mRNA injection has actually said that the uh, the Omicron is going to turn out to be a good thing in that it is going to create um, more natural immunity because people who are getting it are now going to have the system 
their immune system be able to identify. Remember that dealing with this mRNA, dealing with this spike protein, dealing with this method of trying to uh, face this virus, what we have done is that we have uh, created immune systems that can't actually deal with the actual virus because our immune system was not designed to deal with a piece of a virus. It was designed and is designed to deal with the whole virus. So what Dr. Malone, I believe, is saying is that now that people are going, because this Omicron apparently spreads faster, that this um, this Omicron variant that is spreading around is actually going to give people the opportunity to actually create a real immune system. But here we are again with these PCR tests. I mean, you know, it's crazy because here in Italy, I believe beginning in the new year, there's not uh, the, the PCR test is no longer going to be valid as a source of identifying positive or negative cases. So the question then has to be asked, and unfortunately, I don't think in, in the mainstream, I don't think it will be asked, but the question has to be asked, then what have we done up until this point? Two years of every single day, number of cases, number of positive, number of negative, num- number of deaths, all based on a PCR test that never gave accurate results, and that in reality gave more positive results than there actually were. So are we going to ask the question on a higher level and in the mainstream? Well, the answer is no, but the question needs to be asked. Well, up until this point, we've relied on a test that does not give accurate results. So how can we accurately make decisions based on the idea that we've had uh, so many number of cases and so many number of positives and so many numbers of deaths? Because a lot of people who have been counted as a death based on COVID took that test. And what if they had a false positive? Then their death certificate says that they died of COVID when they really died of something else. And in the majority of the cases, people are dying with comorbidities, meaning they they already have other illnesses that they're dealing with. So we don't know if a person died of cancer, died of a heart attack, or actually died from the virus. So... This, uh, yeah, it is it is it is frustrating. Uh, I try not to get too frustrated, but I am happy that we have independent media. I am happy that we have platforms that are allowing this information to continue to circulate so that we can have, um, hopefully have a, a decent discussion. Because, I mean, look, the way that I'm, the way that I'm hearing things in Italy, when I turn on mainstream television in Italy, you you ought to hear how people who are not participating in this uh, so-called vaccination campaign, people who are not taking these injections, how they're being spoken of. I mean, we have titles and you can just hear the the disgust. You can hear almost, you know, if you did not have the subject of the virus or the pandemic or the and you hear how some of these people are talking, you would almost you would almost think that they're racist, that they're spewing hate towards a group of people based on, you know, uh, if you didn't have all of the other words, you would not be able to distinguish between a racist who is uh, speaking hate speech towards a race or 
people who are in the mainstream media speaking about people who have decided not to participate in this experiment. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You wouldn't. You, you, can, you can hear the disgust and the hate that they have in their voice towards this quote unquote group of people. And, and it's, you know, it's getting very, very troublesome. These are dark times. We're doing our best to try to get through them. And um, yeah, let's stay informed. Let's stay safe. Thank you very much for the time you have taken to listen. And thank you very much for the support.